Hi, I'm Heather Knight, and this is the Surviving to Thriving podcast. One in four women will experience severe physical violence by an intimate partner in their lifetime. We're going to discuss the taboo topic of domestic violence and the tools our thrivers have used to succeed in life. We want you to know that you are not alone in this fight. Please keep listening if you or anyone you know has been impacted by domestic violence. Before we get into today's episode, I would like to thank our sponsor, Night Protection Services, for making this podcast possible and all the support they provide our cause. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Surviving to Thriving. Today we have with us Rachel Arouk, and she is a personal growth expert and international motivational speaker and the founder and CEO of Spark Personal Growth Experiences. Spark has a live summit and it draws in hundreds of women each year to Portland, Oregon for two days of transformation. We're really going to get into what that is and what Spark is because it is all about women empowerment, which we love on this show. Um, But through her talks, events, social content, masterminds and online self-development school rachel has helped thousands of women find purpose wealth in all areas and to create a life that they wake up excited about every day additionally she has her own podcast called the flawed females and she's a co-host on that show a hilariously refreshing show that has ranked in the top 15 percent of self-development podcasts in the u.s and has sparked a vulnerable visibility movement and women worldwide rachel welcome to the show Yay. Thank you. I think I need to like print out that bio and just tape it next to my bed so I can remind myself when I'm feeling like doing nothing. (laughs) I I actually have done some stuff. (laughs) Definitely. You have done a lot. Um, So I kind of want to start at the beginning. What was home life for you like high school and everything kind of give the audience a background into how you got into what you're doing now? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I was raised by a single mom. Uh, My mom had me when she was 18 and didn't have a father figure in my life until I was about 15. Just learned a lot. Like in in hindsight, and I've, I've been thinking about this a lot just really recently, how much seeing my mom like work two or three jobs and and do like what she did to provide for us, how much that did give me my work ethic. Um, Because people always ask me, like my husband's like, like where do you get that from? And I'm like, watching my mom. My mom has worked her tail off my whole life. But it also did give me this mindset as a young woman that I wanted stability and I wanted money. Those were my goals as a thriving adult: stability and money. And I definitely got that. I, I married young at 22. By 29, I had three kids and the beautiful house and the leased cars and everything that I thought that I should want or that I thought that I wanted as a, as a young lady and uh, found myself completely just bored out of my mind with my life and looking around thinking like, is this is this really it? Like this, cause this is, this is not what I expected. And that was the biggest shift for me. Um, was that, that realization that money isn't everything. Stability isn't everything. Uh, when it comes down to it, like what makes you happy? And, um, I think that's where my story really began. I asked for a divorce, um, back in gosh, 2011 and everything's been unfolding a lot since that moment. And yeah. 
Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, I knew I wanted a divorce like three years before I actually divorced my husband. Right. Uh, and I had it in my mind that like, I cannot divorce because then I'm going to be a single mom of three kids, just like my mom was. And I was terrified of the struggle having seen my mom go through that. So I stayed in that marriage for such a a long time beyond when I knew the expiration date had happened because right, right. of that fear. And it was, I mean, I, divorce is not by any means an easy thing, um, right. but it, I mean, I survived. I, I did more than survive. I actually began thriving yeah. uh, with far less money and with, <laughs> with uh, a lot less than I thought that I needed. For sure. What what did that do to your mental state of being in a in a relationship that just wasn't fulfilling you spiritually or you know mentally, physically, or anything like that? What did that yeah. do to you? Well, I mean, I, I went from feeling like I was just kind of like a shell of a person. Um, you know, my ex husband is a, a great a great man, but he's just not my partner, not the person that I'm supposed to be with, and. Uh, it was even though we were together, I was incredibly lonely. I didn't, I had you know gotten into the identity that I'm a mother, and which meant I hardly had any friends, and I didn't really do anything. I had no hobbies, and so when I divorced, my ex-husband for the first year took the kids fifty percent of the time. So all of a sudden, I went from spending all of my time as a mom to only half of my time as a mom. And then I had to really like go within and be like, okay, well, what do I actually like to do? Who am I? And that that actually started to to begin building my own identity and who I really am outside of being a mother. Because being a mom is just one small fraction of of my identity. And I started, I went to my first ever personal development conference and like met a few people there and started actually like dipping my toes in, in just the craziest things, trying to figure out what I enjoyed. And um, my mental state definitely went from, from shell of a person to incredibly lonely to, wow, like I actually feel like I can do anything. Um, and about it, gosh, I think it was, I, I started dating my now husband maybe almost two years after my divorce and um, finding him, like I, I manifested the crap out of that man. Like I wrote everything down that I wanted to have in a, in a partner and went on to match.com and met a lot of people that were not my perfect partner, yeah. but uh, found Quinn and we're, we're, we've been together now for over eight years and he's by far like, I mean, he was built for me, an incredible, yeah. incredible partner, but. That's awesome. I, my dad met his girlfriend or partner on match.com. So it works. It does work. Like everybody's so cynical about online dating and it's like, well, you know, if you do, if you put the work in, it works. Yeah, well, you can't give up in the early stages. I was yeah. just telling this to a friend the other day. She's like, it's exhausting going on so many first dates. And I said, yeah. you, absolutely it can be, but you just have to trust Trust that every time you say no to somebody, that's just opening up room for the for the right person to say yes to. It's interesting for me, and then also I think for the audience because a lot of them are either out of relationships or getting out of relationships, and they're terrified to start dating again because of the things that they have gone through in their previous relationships. So, can you kind of give an insight of what that is like dating, and then having to be like, okay, 
this person is not really the right fit for me, but how do I navigate saying no and yes. you know, leaving that behind? Get super, super clear on what you actually want. Um, I, I would highly suggest writing it down. And if, if, like, if, you, if a sense of humor is really important to you, write it down. If having somebody who has kids or doesn't have kids, everything that you can think of, make a list. And if you're, if you're dating and there's people that are just, I mean, they're, they're not checking those boxes, they just know that it's okay. Like you do not have to settle or sacrifice. And if you set really clear boundaries for yourself, then saying no becomes so much easier. Saying, you know, I, and it's actually very good in the beginning to state very clear um, expectations and that, you know, let's be honest with each other. And, and on this first date, if it's not a good fit, then let's just make sure we're, we're both very clear by the end of the date. Uh, and then just holding yourself to that. Definitely. That's really good advice. I think that trusting yourself and being able to have that confidence to just, you know, set those boundaries. I think that's, you know, a key thing and going, getting out of a relationship that was not ideal or abusive or and then being able to set those boundaries for yourself because that is a lot of what is taken away from you is that control and those boundaries that was never a part of that relationship so then being able to set those for yourself i think is very it's important. so important and i mean and and definitely take your time i mean i i think the best thing for me was that 2 years in between marriages to because i didn't know who i was i needed right. to figure out who the heck Rachel O'Rourke is. I had no idea. I mean, I wasn't O'Rourke then because, you know, I wasn't married. To him. Right. Um, so by the time, and by the time we got together, I, my, the foundation of, of my identity was, I mean, it was solid. And I mean, we're, we're constantly changing. Who I am now is I'm way different from who my husband married. Even, you know, we've been married now for five, five years together for eight, but finding somebody who who will accept your growth is, is really important. And I was talking to my husband the other day and I was like, you know, gosh, we, we have both changed so much, but we've, the communication that we have with each other is, is so, so great. And it's so important to be able to constantly reevaluate like who you are as a person and who your partner is and like what they need and how you can communicate with them now as they are. Cause it's going to be different. When I got, when I got remarried, like I was, I, that, that puzzle piece was fit. All of a sudden I was like, okay, like this part of my life is great. And I was cruising along for a while and everything was fine. But then I started feeling that, that empty feeling inside. And I was like, well, okay, why am I feeling this way again? My relationship is fabulous. I had, I have a job, I make, you know, stable money, but something was still missing. And I had to figure out what the heck that was. And so I switched careers. I went from being in marketing to being, I was like a general manager of a large fitness chain. That wasn't it. And I was like, okay, what the heck is going on? I just feel so lost. And so many women that I work with now have that same feeling. They're just like, I don't understand why I'm unhappy. Like I have everything I'm supposed to have. Why, why am I unhappy? And for me, it took this like gigantic snowstorm that we had here in Portland back in 
January of 2017. And it like hardly ever snows here. So when it does, the whole city shuts down. That's like Atlanta. It's insane. <laughs> yeah, like it was crazy. Um, but it was, I mean, my car was like buried in snow. It was, it was, it's only snowed that much in Portland, I think twice in the last 100 years. Wow, we and, get a quarter inch and, you know, we leave cars and children on the interstate and fend for ourselves. <laughs> so I <laughs> couldn't imagine if our cars were covered. <laughs> but this is when I was working at that fitness facility and I was like, okay, well I have, thankfully I have college kids that work close to the gym. So like, and this Places open 24 hours a day. So you, you just do not close the gym. It's a huge facility. And my, um, my district manager called and was like, we have to show our, our team that a little snow doesn't keep us down. So all general managers are expected to report to work today. And I was watching my kids who were, we were from California and we've only lived in Portland now for five years. And my kids were outside building a snowman. And like, I was just sitting inside with hot chocolate and I just was so happy watching my family. And then when I found out that she wanted me to go to work, I was like, I just, I don't feel like that's safe. My car is buried. And she's like, well, you better start walking. And I'm like, I don't know, it's a crossed town. It would have taken me all day long. Anyway, so my inner dialogue was like, stay home, stay home, stay home. But I was also the only female in like a district of 12 men. And yeah. all the men had no problem going to work. And I didn't want to show any sign of feminine weakness. <laughs> so I went against that, that inner guidance and I... I unburied my car and my husband told me a million times, do not hit the brakes because if you hit the brakes, you're going to slide. And I left and it was like a ghost town. I mean, there were, there were abandoned cars everywhere. Nobody was on the streets. Um, and the interesting thing about Portland is the roads are very, very narrow. Like only one car can go down at a time. Yeah. And I turned down this corner and there was a car that was stalled sideways and my instinct, I slammed on the brakes and I just started sliding like, oh, no. and there's nothing you can do when you're sliding in snow. No. You just have to brace for impact. Exactly. <laughs> I closed my eyes and waited and I, I missed it by like half an inch and I almost crashed like five times on the way to work that day. <laughs> And by the time I got there, I was so pissed off, livid. I mean, I took out my phone. I remember recording myself and I was yelling at myself saying, don't ever, ever put yourself in a position like this again. And I went in and of course nobody is working out, but I was stuck there for like at least 10 hours. So I, I, um, somebody had sent me an, an audible credit. And if you don't know what audible it is, it's an app where you can listen to audiobooks and I was like, well, I, I, maybe I'll just like get lost in somebody's story and, and put my feet up on my desk and that's how I'm going to spend my time. And I was going to go to the, the fiction books and something caught my eye and it was the word self-help. And I was like, God, I myself needs a lot of help right now. So maybe I'll give it a try. And the first book that I saw was this bright yellow cover and it was uh, You Are a Badass by Jen Sincero. And four hours and 45 minutes later, I listened to the whole book and I was like, I'm going to change my life. Like this, this was everything that I needed to hear. And I started doing meditation and I started making vision boards and I started journaling and I just got started getting really clear on what I actually want for my life. And things started shifting super quickly. Even though I was still in that job, I, the, my perspective and the way that I looked at the world 
changed. Everything was fine except for I was still stuck in this job. And so I, I ended up, I'm giving it up to the universe. I was getting ready for work and I did this meditation and I said, okay, universe, like Jensen Chero says that like, you just have to like give it up and then look for signs and then follow the signs. So that's what I'm going to do. And then give me any sign and I will follow it. And on the way to work that day, um, I was listening to the radio and I was stuck in traffic and I went to change the station and the radio just shut off. And I went to turn it back on and change the station again and it shut off again. And so I was like, well, damn it, I'm listening to this stupid song that I don't like. I'm stuck in traffic, going somewhere where I don't want to be. And then the next song that came on was this song by this band called Sugarland, and it's called Something More. There's got to be something more. And the lyrics of the song were speaking to my soul. And by the time it was over, I was just bawling my eyes out, but not from like sadness. I was crying because I knew exactly in that moment that the universe had given me my sign. And I went in, I put my two week notice in and had zero backup plan. I'd always worked for somebody else, but I just had this inner knowing that I, I was going to, I was going to do this work thing and I was going to be an entrepreneur and I was going to figure it out. And that was January of 2017. And that same year I, I launched uh, my marketing agency, Aurora Media, and I launched Spark, um, which both are still alive and thriving. Both are multi six figure companies. And now I, I mean, this, it blows my mind that this was three years ago, because if you would have known me then and known me now, like it just, it's, it's like two completely different lives. And yeah. uh, I 100% give, I mean, I have now like gone way deep into the personal development world. So much so that like one of my companies is a personal development company. And when I like, so after I read that book, I was like, and started doing these things and my life started changing. It was like, everybody needs to know about this. Like, why are, why are people living these miserable lives when you like, all of this is in our control. And so I, I started inquiring like, I used to love to speak in high school. So I started inquiring at these places, like, where can I speak? Like, give me the smallest or big, I don't care what size stage it is. Give me a stage so I can share this with people. And anybody that I approached said, you know, you, you've got to have experience. And of course, I didn't have any experience. So mm -hmm. I went back to the, the meditation pillow and I was like, all right, give me a sign. I, I, I need to know what to do. I, I feel called to be able to teach and share now. And I got this very clear message just to build your own stage, build your own stage. And so in August of 2017, we launched the first ever Spark conference and it was 75 women, most of which I begged to be there and gave away free tickets. And I went $20,000 into debt putting this conference on. And by the time we got up to the conference day, I was like, I'm never doing one of these again. This is so stressful. Like, this is like, why, why would I even like, who are you, Rachel, to think you could put on this event? And then I went into the two most magical days of my entire life and came out of it. And I was like, I was fucking born to do this. Yeah. I, this is exactly what I'm supposed to do. And every year it's, it's doubled in size. We're expecting 600 women at the Oregon Convention Center this September and it's exploded into an entire company with a team and and we like now I get to speak all over the world and it's just just beautiful it's so beautiful i'm that's amazing that first mindset shift that you had to have in that 2 years between your two marriages of where you had to find yourself what steps did you take to 
get to that next place where you were okay to be in a relationship and you were okay to be on your own or, you know, being the mother that you wanted to be and being present with your kids? How, what steps did you take during those two years to finally get there? Well, one, I, I really just tried to follow me my curiosity. And if something sounded interesting, then I just trusted and took action and did it. And, and that was that, that personal development conference that I went to. It was called Wondrous Women. And I kept hearing this ad for it on the radio and something was telling me to go. And I was like, well, no, I would have to take time off work and it's a new job. And I, would I really go to this by myself? And I I just listened to that intuition and, and went, which was one of the best things that could have done. I don't even remember what the heck they were saying on the stage, but I met, a, there was a woman at the table I was sitting at and she was like, just talking and talking and talking. And like the speakers were talking and this woman is still talking to me. And I'm like, I'm going to get in trouble. This woman will not leave me alone. And she ended up becoming my best friend. She was my maid of honor in my wedding to my husband now. So I, I think that like the, one of the biggest things for me was developing a really strong circle of new female friends and women that had the mindset that I wanted to have, that were doing things that I wanted to do. Because I mean, you've heard that the, the phrase like you, you are the five people that you surround yourself with. Well, yeah. like the people that I had surrounded myself, myself with before were my kids and my husband and like maybe like my mom and my sister, but they weren't anybody that was positively influencing me on a regular basis. And so by me creating these new friendships and they're women that are like entrepreneurs and they're women that are like wanting to do something great in the world. They're volunteering. They're just, they're just making an impact. Like by default, I started becoming a better person and I started like figuring out what I wanted to do and how I wanted to give back by just watching what others were modeling for me. Uh, and so like that, I think was what, still to this day, like my female friends, it's, they, they make up such a huge part of, of my world because like women, we need each other. Like we really need each other. And, we, and we're all like, when I have a bad day, the first thing that I, I, don't want to do is be around people. But the first thing that I need to do is call one of my sisters and be like, listen, I, I'm, I just feel like crying today. Can you please just tell me some good news? Right. But, but I, honestly, I think that was probably one of the biggest things. And, and it was really important for me when I was looking for, looking for a partner, and this was on my list, that it had to be somebody who would like supported my friendships and had friends of his own as well. Because I mean, that was, if I look back, like my marriage to my ex-husband, um, neither of us like had any friends. We had, it was just our little bubble. And I just don't think that's healthy for any relationship. Definitely. And that's even with my husband and I relationship, like when we first met and started dating, we didn't really, we had friends, but those friends have shifted now that we've kind of shifted our lifestyle. But we had yeah. like a six month period where we we're like, we have no friends. We need to change this. Go find <laughs> friends. Go, go do that. <laughs> I definitely understand that where it's like, you, you need to have your separate circles and separate friends just so that you have other people that you can talk to and, and figure life out with. So 
Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, and you know, and I think another thing too, is like, that was because I had so much time on my hands. I started going to the gym. I started working out uh, and I never given myself enough time for that. I was like, no, you know, I should be spending time with my kids, like working out. There's no time for that. Cause then I would, I wouldn't be a good mom if I were working out. And when I didn't have my children and I had all this extra time, I started to actually taking care of my body and like if your body feels good, it elevates so many other areas of your life. Like I just became an overall happier person, a better mom. I was less stressed out. I had like this outlet where I could decompress and that was a huge piece of it too. And I, I have to remind myself of that constantly because now that my life has shifted and now I, instead of me saying like, oh, my kids need me. I shouldn't go to the gym because my kids are, I mean, they're, they're 10 to 16 now. So they're a lot more independent. I use the same excuse with my work now. Like, oh, Mike, I, I can't go work out today. I've got too much I need to do for my businesses. And it's such an easy, easy excuse, but I can, it, it affects me for sure. If I don't take care of my body, my business suffers because my mental health will start to suffer. And now I'm going to go work out after this podcast, just yes. reminding myself that I need that. <laughs> yes, definitely. Um, I love it. Uh, I've I have suffered in the the workout realm and I'm trying to get back into it for sure. Cause I always, I always feel better when I do. It is so needed. It gives you clarity and it, you know, brings your mental state back up to where it needs to be. It is. It is. And, and I mean, we, we have these three areas like that we're the, the Holy Trinity that we're supposed to focus on your body, your mind, and your spirit. And whenever I've like unlocked, like got our, when I get into something, I tend to get like super obsessed with it. So like when I first got into working out, I got so obsessed with it. I started competing in bodybuilding competitions, but I wasn't necessarily like focusing on my mind or my spiritual being. It was like super hardcore into the body. And then when I first really started getting um, more aware of my, my spiritual connection, like I just wanted to learn everything about spirituality and like my body went on the back burner. And then with my mindset, I like I study a lot of neuroscience and I would I would start like stop meditating because I would want to get up and like read these books. So I think I'm always constantly trying to find this balance of like making sure that each of those areas is getting attention. And I feel like like when I am firing on all cylinders, it's because all of those are happening. Definitely. So you had this moment in time where you thought you had everything that you wanted again. And then a third time came where it's like, okay, nope, this isn't all that I want. What was that like for you and your mental state? Was there defeat or was there like, nope, we're going to push through this. I know exactly what I need to do to continue to find what I want to be happy in life. Um, because this is now, you know, the third time where it's like, okay, I've fixed my relationship. I fixed my mind. I fixed my mental health state. And all of this, but now there's still that one piece missing. When it happened to me then, I definitely felt a little bit of defeat for sure because I can, like, who and guilt because I had this amazing life and I'm like, every, like, people want to have this life. Why am I feeling this way? And so it did come with a lot of just shame and guilt around it. But now, like, looking back and like we're always supposed to be growing. And like whenever, I mean, if you're not hitting a point where you're looking around and thinking like, okay, there's something more, what's next? Then you're, you're not growing. You're just staying still. And I, I think for, 
now when I start to feel like that that feeling settle in where I'm like I'm bored or there's 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 a feeling that nudge that there's this pull there's something else then it excites me because that means that okay well I've mastered this area now there's something else and the part where I used to get tripped up is trying to figure out what that is on my own and map out this elaborate plan of how I was going to get there uh, and in reality like every time I've ever gotten um, the next step, the map for what I'm supposed to be doing. It's always when I've gone within yeah. and gotten quiet. And that's why meditation has always been super important for me. Um, because when I, I go quiet and I cl clear out all of the chatter and noise that's in my head, and um, it's really easy, particularly when you're in the online space, to look at what everybody else is doing and then feel like you have to follow that. And I've gotten caught in that trap before, but every every big download that I've gotten that has given me that next step of, my life, my business, my relationship has been something that I've gotten when I've, I've gotten really quiet. Yeah. It, it sounds like there was a, a mindset shift from there's something missing in my life to I just want more. Yes. And that I think is really important where it's no longer for you. It's no longer that you're, you're not happy with the things that you have. It's just that you want to add and bring value more to. Oh yeah. I'm glad that you brought that up because one of the biggest things, and this all happened that around that exact time, and it's something that Jen Sincero teaches in You Are a Badass, was the power of gratitude. And I started making gratitude lists. And that alone, just like looking around and thinking like, I have so much to be thankful for, it completely shifts your perspective on life. So instead of looking at your life and thinking like something's missing, you're looking at your life and thinking like, wow, I am so freaking blessed. And when you put that energy out into the world, you're attracting more things to be grateful for versus like looking around and thinking like, like what is missing? What is missing? I know something's missing. You're putting out the energy of lack and you're just going to attract more things that are going to cause that feeling. And uh, I'm a huge believer in the law of attraction. And that 100% has been one of the biggest things that have shifted. The gratitude piece of it, like now that the kids are home right now with this, you know, shut down part of their routine that I've instilled that they have to get up every morning and they have to journal. And one of the journal questions, the prompts that they have to answer is, what are you grateful for today? Because if you can, if I would have known this as a kid, I think so much would have changed in my twenties, but I mean, obviously everything happened as it was, it was supposed to and here because of my, my past, but if I can give one tip to anybody, it's, it's think of three things that you're grateful for that you have right now. And then three things that you're grateful for that you don't have yet, but you know that it's on its way. And just imagine how amazing it's going to feel when you get it. And just by that act alone of doing it, you are drawing it so much faster into your life. That is so key. We have our um, gratitude board. <laughs> we use our mirror. It's not really a board, um, but we write uh, three things every day that we're grateful for. Just I love that. First thing in the morning, because it starts your day off right too. You know, if you if you start your day off thinking, Ugh, I have emails to answer or I have to go and do this and all, you know, you are automatically already bringing yourself down the second you wake up, then your day is going to be crap. Yeah. You know, so we always try to start our day with positivity and things that we're grateful for just to give us that start on that high note. Is that something that you guys have been, been doing for a while or? Um, now it's been a while. Um, it's probably been almost a year. 
uh, we started it when Zach got back from Afghanistan. So built that there. So it's, it's crazy that it's almost been a year since he's been back, but yeah, that's when we started that. It's uh, awesome. definitely been helpful in building what we've got going on now, but I, you brought up this quarantine. And so I really want to talk about what you guys are doing to work through it and like the, how you guys are getting over that either being bored or that feeling of isolation and, and what's going on and how you're, you're working through that. Oh God, it's been a roller coaster. It's been so interesting. <laughs> One, like a big aha lesson that hit me and I have to give credit to Glennon Doyle, her book Untamed. I listened to the audiobook. Amazing. Cannot recommend that highly enough. But the first like week and a half that we were home, I was, I spent every second spare second that I had trying to keep my kids from being bored. I mean, we played board games and we did like movie marathons and we went on walks and all the things. And then like, I, you know, I have two businesses that I have to run and I'm like, okay, well, you guys are going to have to figure something out. And inevitably I, I would get the, I'm so bored. Can we have screen time and all of that? And in her book, she talks about how we've done our generation of kids. We've done them this disjustice by thinking that they they shouldn't be bored. Like they always need to be entertained. The best inventors that are out there and then creative people, like you have to get bored to get creative downloads or to get ideas. And so now we've reframed it in this house. I'm like, go get bored. Go, you're good. I'm so glad you're bored. High five. Like, yeah. You're going to come up with something amazing. Um, so for the kids, that's been helpful. For We've definitely had to come up with a new structure. I don't thrive very well when when too much stuff is on the calendar. or And my kids, like, I didn't, I didn't want to make it to where they were, like, just, like, if they were at school but they're home, I'm not a homeschooling parent. Like, I just don't think I could ever do that. That being said, my daughter has been unschooled. She's 13 since December. And the concept of unschooling, I don't know if you've ever heard of it, is um, it's, it's child-led learning. So kids decide what they want to learn. And as a parent, you just kind of guide them and like, okay, well, where can we get information about that? Like what activities can we do? And so I feel like in that case, we've been kind of preparing that with my daughter, but my boys thrive in school and they need structure. And so we developed this, I got them each a planner and then we developed a routine where every morning they wake up by nine, by 10, they have to have had breakfast and their journal prompts done and their planner filled out. And then there's a list of stuff that they have to get done in a day, but they get to choose when they want to do it so they can feel like they're in control, which I think is important because um, so many of us feel out of control right now and that can cause anxiety and it can cause just a lot of a lot of unhealthy emotions. If you can find ways in your day to control, like what you can control, it's going to make you feel so much better. So for the kids, like they control their schedule, but there's certain things that they have to do. Like they know they have to do their chores before they're allowed to get screen time. Screen time's like only allowed between a certain amount of hours. They have to read for 30 minutes and they have to find somebody to connect with and they have to move their body. And so it's, that has been definitely helpful because it takes it off my plate and puts it into their own. For me personally, it's been, I think it's been harder for me than it has been the kids because like this is a time right now when my business with Spark, like we are able to serve on such a higher level because people need us now more than ever. Like they need 
they need support, they need community, they need connection. And so my team and I have been creating more um, online connection events where people can, for you know, low to no cost, get the support that they need. But for me, I, I also really have enjoyed everything slowing down quite a bit. Like I love waking up and having just a few things on my calendar. So it's been this inner, I think, yo-yo for me from like, okay, I should be doing this because everybody needs me, but I really just want to curl up and read a book. Yeah. Um, so I've been going back and forth between taking like three days off social media and just reading and writing and going for walks and hanging out with my family to like creating like a, a whole new course for Spark School. It's an online personal growth school that we have. And so it's the productivity has changed or what I deem to be productive has definitely changed. Um, getting getting a different different focuses, I think, on each day and definitely harder taking care of your body when you're used to going to, yes. to the gym. <laughs> yes, definitely. And they said that alcohol sales have gone up 50% since uh, the that start of this quarantine. It doesn't surprise me at all. Day drinking has definitely been on the rise. Like, if it's, it's funny because you'll I'll be on a, a Zoom call with somebody and it's like two o'clock in the afternoon and like we both got a beer. And I'm like, yep. <laughs> exactly. Normal. It, it is already. I'm, I'm like kind of excited, even if the you know that or when the quarantine gets lifted, that we still stay in this kind of virtual meeting thing. So right. that you can just drink a beer while having a meeting. It'd be fantastic. It's, oh, it's I've been wearing like comfy clothes though now for a little bit too long. Yesterday I went to put on a pair of jeans and I was like, oh, these jeans have shrunk. This is right? so bizarre. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, Rachel. Maybe I can go for an extra walk today. <laughs> go for a bike ride. Right. I saw this thing on social media and it was like, just make sure you put your jeans on every three or four days. Those pajamas can be deceiving. It's so, <laughs> so, so true. true. Oh my gosh. Well, that and like my, my daughter is a baker. And so she's like been filling her time by baking all of these things, which is great. But you know, who has to eat all the things that she bakes? You know? <laughs> right. You have to be a supportive mother. You have to try at I, least all of them. It really is. It really is. Oh, lots, lots of self-forgiveness because there's definitely been days where I'm like, man, I've like, I've accomplished hardly anything and I've eaten all the things and I drank way too much. And you know, guys, you just ha really have to be compassionate with yourself because one, like we, we are all, we all are going through a certain level of trauma. It's, I mean, even, even for people that are like, it hasn't really affected them. Like they work from home and like things haven't really changed a lot. Like our world collectively, like the energy that is out there is, is high. And like, I, I really believe that we're all different levels of, of empaths and some people are taking on this collective energy and it's causing them, you know, stress and anxiety that isn't even theirs. And so if you are feeling that way, like just know that if you're feeling any sort of negative emotion. It may not even be yours. So do things to cleanse your energy. I take a lot of, a lot of like salt baths and I've got some sage at the house and just, you know, try to clear things out. And yeah, definitely. I, I think time. that's, yeah, I think it's so true though, that everybody is just feeding off of everybody's energy. And, and right now with half the world, you know, it could even just be a quarter or half, you know, the world that is in that slump where everybody else is still thriving, but we're taking on 
that energy and it's yeah yes. 100% agree um, but I do want to get into spark a little bit and talk about what you guys are doing so you created this in 2017 you said it has grown to be huge and ginormous and I love what you guys are doing but will you tell the audience everything that you guys are yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, I mean, it started out the, as this little conference and the purpose of the conference was just to, to bring women together, to hear other women's stories. And, um, like the first year I thought I, we needed to have all of these like really high profile speakers and which is why I went so far into debt. Uh, and there was a woman at that conference that I pulled up onto the stage. She was in the audience and just my intuition was like, I think she has a story to share. Her name is Cosette Coco Leary and I said, Coco, you want to, you want to get on the stage and just share like a little bit of your story for 10 minutes? We've got some extra time. And she stood up and like brought down the house. People were standing on their chairs and it opened my eyes to, to really know that like, you don't have to have this huge resume as a speaker to have a really great story. And so the next year and what we've done every year after is everybody who wants to, to be on the stage should apply to speak. And it has nothing to do with what, if you've earned international speaker, what you've done, it's what do you have that, that you can share with this audience? And like next week we're doing round two of the auditions where, so we had like almost 200 people apply to speak this year and we narrowed it down to 96. And so we're doing 96 auditions next Ooh. week. I'm going to be on Zoom a lot. Yes. And, and just listening to these women's stories. And um, the theme this year is resilient. And it's so the conference is now morphed into just these, these powerful experiences where women just get on the stage and for, for 18 minutes they share their story and how they were able to overcome things. And I think the most powerful part of a spark conference is regardless of whether or not like you came there to have this massive like transformative experience you will recognize and see yourself in in one of these women's stories and the connection and the bond that comes out of that i mean it's created the most beautiful community i mean that have each other's backs whether you're in person or online it's crazy um, but something happened last year that shifted Spark quite a bit. I had a, a friend, she spoke at the first Spark and the second Spark. Her name's Annabelle Fisher. And she um, passed away June of last year from ovarian cancer. And she knew that she was going to die. And um, in the weeks leading up to her death, she was doing everything that she could to make her life count every single day. And her her motto was like, just grab life with both hands and make make every single moment count. And when she passed away, I felt this incredible, beautiful responsibility that in order to have her legacy live on, I really needed to be living like Annabelle. I needed to be making every single day count and things that I envisioned doing with Spark like way down the road. Like I wanted to do an online personal growth school because the conferences are amazing, but there's like 364 other days of the year that women need support. And not everybody has the money to come all the way to Portland for a conference. And so it was like, why am I waiting for this? Why don't I just do this now? And so we, we launched um, the first ever Spark Conference. I brought on my first ever full-time employee, which was super nerve wracking for me because then I'm like, responsible for somebody yeah. else's livelihood and just started anytime I, I felt the need or the desire to do something, I didn't wait anymore. I just started 
doing it. It didn't have to be perfect. It didn't have to be um, what I what I imagine people would need. It was just about the content and the community. In the since June of last year, has quadrupled in size. We have this incredible online online school that teaches spirituality principles and mindset shifts, how to reprogram the subconscious mind and like how to actually create a life that you're obsessed with. And it's been incredible. We do classes now online and in person. We have storytelling nights. And so it really has become this, this place where women can come, whether they, whether they like are where I was four or five years ago and completely lost and had no idea like what I was supposed to be doing or if they've already been on the self-development journey and they're just looking for like other sisters and, and community to be able to go on this journey with like if there's a spot for every single woman and like where it's going is the, the vision is is definitely huge I mean we're we're going to be a global company. We want to be able to do spark conferences everywhere. We want the, the courses to be everywhere. We just want women to wake up from sleepwalking through life because um, as somebody who used to be sleepwalking through life and now I'm fully awake and getting to play in this magical world that we live in, like being able to create your, your dreams into reality in a very short amount of time, everybody should be doing that. And so we just yeah. want to teach women how. I love it. I love it. What are your goals for this next year? Not necessarily, I know we're in the middle of, or not the middle, but it's not the beginning of 2020, but um, I feel like goals shouldn't really have a calendar bound projects yes. can, but goals shouldn't. So what are your guys' goal for the next year? I definitely want to continue to grow the community. Um, the community, so the community, it's a, it's a membership based community. It's super affordable. It's 37 bucks a month where you get full access to Spark School, you get access to the private Facebook group, you get free entry into a lot of our, our smaller events. Um, because I've seen so many women just from this transform so much. I mean, they're saying it's like, there's a woman, her name's Cassandra. She, um, she just told me the other day, she's like, Spark, when I came first came into Spark, and she's only been in it, I think, since December, She's she, just from going through the modules in Spark School. She's been able to to launch a business. She's been able to like find her confidence. Her anxiety levels have come down. And uh, if people can just get a dose of that and be able to to change their lives, like the community itself. Um, obviously, we want people to come to the events, but the the community. If we can grow that to to five thousand members uh, in the next year, I think that would be. Um, and or more or more, you know, we're willing for for to have millions, but um, that's the number that keeps popping up into my head, and I'm like, that would feel really really nice. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so wrapping up, we've got a few questions that we ask every guest that come on the show. So the first one is, what would the new you say to the old you? Trust yourself. Trust yourself. I spent so many years second guessing my intuition and it is the thing that leads every decision that I make now. Definitely. Um, and then what can you recommend to our listeners to help them through a tough situation? Doesn't, it can be meditation or the world is endless. <laughs> Visualize what you actually want. Whenever we're, we're in, in tough situations, our default and what we've been conditioned to do is to think of the worst case scenario and how we can protect ourselves from that. But we rarely think about 
what we truly actually want. If there were no limitations, if I were like the genie from Aladdin, I don't care if it's Robin Williams or Will Smith, you pick your poison or pleasure. Um, just really like if, if there was absolutely no limitations, what would your life look like? What would the situation that you feel is holding you back look like? And think about that every single day. Because what you think about, what you focus on is what you're creating in your reality. We just spend a lot of time unconsciously thinking about what we don't want to happen. And that's what we keep repeating over and over and over again. Definitely. I was talking to a friend yesterday and they said that don't imagine what your perfect day would look like imagine what you want your normal day to look like. Because yes. if it's your perfect day, that means it'll never happen again. But if it's your normal, it'll happen over and over and over again. So yes, definitely aligns with that. Um, and then what is a book, podcast, ebook? I know you mentioned a couple already in the episode, but what is something that you can recommend to our listeners to help them through um, any tough situation that they're going through? Uh, I would 100% right now um, read Glennon Doyle's Untamed. It is one of the most profound books that I've ever read. Like I'm, we're, we're doing a book club on it uh, in the Spark community right now. But uh, as I was listening, I was listening to the audiobook because the, the hardcover sold out super fast. Um, I don't care how you read it, get your hands on it. It's so, so good. And it really teaches you why women have, why women have, um, been conditioned to be the type of humans that we are and why so many of us are, are starting to wake up. Awesome. I love it. So where, uh, what, when is the conference and where can people find more about it? And also where can they find more out, out about you? Uh, the conference is September 21st. Or no, I'm sorry, 19th and 20th. It's always the third weekend in September. It's at the Oregon Convention Center this year. If for some god-awful reason we are all not allowed to hang out by September, uh, we will be taking it virtual. Um, so it's the show will go on regardless. Um, we keep the ticket prices incredibly affordable because uh, it's more important to me to make sure people can can get the, can get it if they need it um, versus making a lot of money on this. Um, you can find out more information on the conference and all of the things that are spark at we are we are spark dot us and then you can find out more about me and all the things that I do that are not spark related at rachelororick.com. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, we are we are spark us is both Facebook and Instagram, okay. uh, and Rachel O'Rourke, very Irish name I I know, is uh, both my Instagram and Facebook as well. Perfect. Well, Rachel, thank you so much for coming on the show today. It was a fantastic conversation. Thank you so much, Heather. I really enjoyed it. If you or anyone you know has been victimized by domestic violence, please reach out to us for resources and ways our organization can help you. You can find us on social media at 2thrivingatl, T-O, thriving, A-T-L, or online at 2thriving.org.